You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. Well, if the way ahead seems dark to you, you will be encouraged by this month's study of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. It's how we can walk in the light. And the author is joining us, Dr. Bradley Borain, who's Associate Professor and Program Head at Moody Bible Institute. Dr. Borain, thank you so much for joining us again. Good morning. My pleasure. Hey, uh, why did they give you the shortest month to do three books? That wasn't fair. <laughs> uh, well, luckily, second and third John are, are nice and short. They're more like uh, cards from from the Epistle of John. Well, so there's one letter and a couple of quick note cards. Oh, okay, so <laughs> they they gave you a little help there in making those books small. You know, the the one thing that was interesting, I thought. Uh, even on that very first day, you kind of went into the little bit of the, uh, okay, here's some background information for you. And I was thinking, you know, mm-hmm. Elise Strobel in his case for Christ talks about early witnesses and how that's kind of a uh, one of those evidences of, of our, uh, that we can stand on. And we're studying a man here and his books. Um, he was a disciple. He had firsthand knowledge. And so he writes from a place of authority for us. And that's kind of a, it kind of proves the point that Christ is real, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, John had been one of his original disciples, and, you know, he got this nickname. <laughs> he and his brother were the Sons of Thunder. Um, I guess he did a little bit uh, better later because he got to be known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Um, but he was there all through. You know, he witnessed the Sermon on the Mount, and he saw lepers healed, and he he saw, and he was in that inner circle, and he saw the transfiguration on the mount. And so when people heard his teaching or read his letters, um, he spoke with authority. They knew that he had seen it and that he'd risked his entire life on what he saw and heard and known. And it's also important when we're reading any piece of work to kind of know the reason behind it, the why. And in 1 John 2, verse 12, he says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because, he continues on to say, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. This is an important message for us even today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the lies of the enemy is to kind of come and whisper in your ear, hey, you're not a real Christian. How would a, re- a real Christian wouldn't do what you've done? The things you've done, how could he possibly have forgiven those things? And so, you know, those kind of lies the enemy loves to, to, to whisper in our ears and take away our hope and, and weaken our faith. And, um, you know, John's reassuring his readers, just like he's reassuring us. Um, he says, hey, look, this is how we know that we belong to the truth, and how we set our hearts at rest, right? If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. I'm quoting from chapter 3. I skipped a little ahead of where you quoted from, but that's a real problem still for us today, that our hearts are restless, and the enemy whispers these things in our ear. <clears throat> and, you know, it's not just uh, we got to psych ourselves up and, you know, this is how we know that we belong to the truth. God is greater than our hearts. His forgiveness is greater than we can possibly imagine. Um, and so that's, that's part of faith is, hey, we are his children. He has forgiven us. Do we deserve it? No. Do we understand it? Not fully, not yet. And yet it's true. Mm. You know, I, the, the title is Walk in the Light. 
my family, for most days, we try to get outside and go for a walk. And that's kind of when I think of walk in the light, I, I start there because it's just kind of a time where we have an enjoyable time. We we talk. We tell each other about the day. We um, we, we laugh sometimes. We, we talk about some serious subjects sometimes. But it's just part of that walk. And really, that really is a picture of what we're doing during our Christian life also. It's our time where that walk is just every moment by moment is a regular daily activity. It's not something um, spectacular. It's just kind of the day-by-day mundane walking, but it is spectacular in the fact that it's with our Heavenly Father, isn't it? Yeah, amen to that. I imagine you have a bit more light in Florida than I have in Chicago. (laughs) Although it does go quickly, but yes, we do have more light. (laughs) um, Yeah, if I want to go for a a walk literally in the light, it might be a little little more difficult. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that ordinary, you know what, there's nothing spectacular going on here, but that daily faithfulness, daily walk, daily love in action. it's, you know, you're not going to win an Olympic gold medal, but you are running the race and the prize of Christ will be yours, will be ours. I love that you do that with your family, right? And not only as an individual, mm. it's a great picture of of us walking in the light with God, with Christ, and also in community with one another. Um because, you know, that's how John says it, right? If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Forgiveness gets mentioned a lot in connection with that walking in the light. Dr. Bradley Berain with us, talking about first, second, and third John, walking in the light. Another big theme in this book and in your devotional for the month is love. First John 4.11 says, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You say there's a huge connection between love and obedience. What is that connection? Yeah. Well, John keeps things simple. The connection is love in action. Uh, you know, we use the word love in a lot of different ways, right? I love pizza. I, I love uh, sunshine. Um, I love God. And, but those words are not all equal. And if people want to know that I love God, they, they have to see it in my actions. It can't just be like this warm, fuzzy thing in my, my heart. John says anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is actually still in the darkness. And that, that's very sobering. The love I have for God is going to show itself in love, particularly for my brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's going to be a love that people can see. That's where the obedience comes in. Right? You know, just like Jesus said, uh, and you know, remember, again, John had heard him say personally, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And that's exactly what John wrote in the Gospel of John. And that's, again, what he writes in this epistle, that Okay, it's not this warm, fuzzy feeling thing, or at least it's not only that. Uh, we're going to be able to see evidence in your life, and uh, that the, uh, this is how the light is going to shine in the darkness, through your obedience. Um, but he says the opposite, too. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness and walks around the dar- in the darkness. They don't know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. So there's a warning side to this, too. There's the reassuring side. Hey, if you're loving God, you'll see it in your actions, and you can only do those actions because Christ is empowering you. 
And then you don't have to listen to the lies of the enemy. You're his child. You're safe. But you know what? If if love isn't resulting in obedience, there's a warning side to that, too. Um, But, hey, there's hope. You can be forgiven and come back to the path of righteousness. Mm. Uh, is there is there more help for us as we're tempted? Does John is this fatherly or grandfatherly advice about temptation and where the world uh, is throwing us? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm a father. I'm not yet a grandfather, um, but so I know that neither you know haven't arrived yet. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's fatherly or grandfatherly <laughs> advice, but. Um, I would even call it comforting advice, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the book is not that warning aspect. You know, we hear that, oh, love has to result in obedience, and maybe immediately the enemy makes us want to make us feel guilty or something. But that's not what John is doing here. John is encouraging. These books are loaded with encouragement. It's, uh, hey, you're in the light, and uh, the love that of Christ that is in you will result in obedience. And you can see the evidence in your own life. And when it comes to temptation, Christ will help you resist. He will help you walk in the light. When it comes to false teaching, Christ is in you. He will help you discern the truth. And light and life and truth and hope, they're all kind of one big package. And John's not writing to scold these particular Christians. He's writing to encourage them. And, uh, you know, I find that so necessary. Maybe... Maybe I'm the sort of person who thinks everything is going to be another scold, you know. But First John is just encouragement after encouragement that the light of Christ is really in us and not in our own strength, right? We're, we're going to resist temptation, not in our own strength, but in his. And he's realistic. He knows we're going to fail. But right in chapter 1, he says, you know, when you sin, not if you sin, there's forgiveness, we, if we confess our sin, and you guys can help me finish it because this is one we memorize as children, right? Yeah. He's faithful uh, can, and just. He, he, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin mm-hmm. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's a promise we need daily. Yeah. And, and something that we can kind of uh, take a sigh, a deep sigh of relief, that there is a place we can go when we know we've messed up. That is right into our loving and forgiving Father's hands. When we think about First John, it might be easy to confuse it with the Gospel of John. Are there any correlations between the Gospel of John and these three short books? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not, uh, I mean, they were written fairly late in the first century, both of them. The Gospel of John may have been written about 85 A.D., and we know that he wrote the book of Revelation around 95 A.D., and and the three letters were written in between. So you'll find some of the the same themes. Um, To me, the one that stands out is this light and dark one that Eric mentioned. Um, Right away at the beginning of 1 John chapter 1, he says, this is the message we have heard from you. God is, I declare to you, God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. And that's the same theme that you see in the Gospel of John, right? Um, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever believes in me will never walk in darkness. And there's so many verses about light and darkness that (laughs) sometimes I forget which book I'm quoting, but it's definitely (laughs) the same author. And uh, he heard it from the lips of, of Jesus himself. And uh, that, to me, it's, it's sometimes I need things simple, right? 
There's a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. I know which one I want to be a part of. There's a path of light and there's a path of darkness, and I know which one I need to walk on. And uh, I, I prefer things that straightforward. And John, in a beautiful, poetic, theologically rich way, keeps it simple for people like me. Hmm. For people like all of us. Yeah. <laughs> was, was there something? Was there something that kind of hit you upside the head for the first time? You say, "Wow!" I mean, as you read through these books, which I'm sure you've done in the past, you uh, doing this study. Was there something that really jumped out at you that kind of surprised you out, outside of what we've already discussed? I guess, kind of. Hmm. I was going to say it. It may be something that I've that I've already mentioned that hit me upside the head. <laughs> where, where in chapter three it says. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. Mm. I'm used to kind of thinking that I know myself best. Right. And that, you know, whatever, whatever I think about myself, surely it's the bottom line. Um, and I know in my head that God knows me better than I know myself. But somehow on this reading of 1 John, it just kind of hit me upside the head that the fact that God knows me better than myself is a defense against temptation. It's a defense against the enemy. I can say, you know what? I don't actually understand this, but God does. And my heart can be at rest in his presence because he knows my heart better than I do. That's a little bit of a hard thing to give up, is uh, the assumption that I know myself best, but it's a safer place to be. Mm, so, And if he knows us better, then he also knows a better way forward, a better a calling for our lives. So when our will is opposite of his will, we need to go with his will, right? Absolutely, right? Um, and if, if, if Satan's saying, hey, maybe you're not a real Christian, maybe this, maybe that, maybe you should do this, maybe you should think that, you can just uh, blanket reject it all and say, I am going with what it says in Scripture. Um, even if I am <laughs> feeling not sure, that feeling is a false indication. Scripture is truer than my thoughts. God knows my heart better than I do. Wow. Okay, so if you want to be a part of what's happening with Today in the Word this month, todayintheword.org, you can get the app either way and read through these throughout the month. You can actually catch up. The first couple of days were really good, and we're continuing on today. It's early enough where you can catch up. And uh, Professor Bradley Borain has been with us. He's the one that wrote these devotionals. Thank you so much, Dr. Borain, for doing this. We, we do appreciate this every time you uh, write for Today in the Word. It's so good and rich. And I appreciate your invitation to chat about it. Uh, Very encouraging.